Happy Friday and welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. Joining me once again is Amanda. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Amanda. Good to see you. Good to see you too. So, obviously, deception, murder in Hong Kong is something that has an enormous amount to offer. We've delved into some of its influences. It's not a flawless game, though. No, it's not. It's not quite perfect. It's, it, it's not for it's everyone. Very close. Definitely the perfect game for a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some for whom it's not going to work. We talked a little bit about the thing with the facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is the only thing I think personally that would be a big deal breaker for some people because it's not it's it's a gamer's game in the sense mm-hmm. that uh, if you are a gamer that loves social deduction games and likes uh, interacting with other players, this mm-hmm. is probably for you. Um, but it is not a it's not a gamer's game in the sense of you know when I get gamers that come in that say oh we want this like heavy hitting intense game where every little thing I do influences the game mm-hmm. because it's one of those games where you kind of have to sit back. Yeah. At times and see what happens. It's true. And there are many gamers that come in that don't really like uh, the idea of leaving things up to interpretation or chance. And this is definitely a game that leaves things up to what people interpret. It's true. People who are very much into being in control of what's going on mm-hmm. are going to have a bit of a problem with this because it's very hard to control a conversation. Yeah. Which is basically what the game is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the only thing that I think is a mechanic that's in there to somewhat fix it Mm -hmm. is the idea of uh, not really talking over other people when they're making a suggestion. Let's go into that a little deeper. Um, So there's a couple rules in there that say if I'm making my suggestion, mm -hmm. um, not when I'm throwing my badge even, just when it's my turn to guess, because we go around the circle and we each get a turn, sort of like hold the the sharing stick. Mm I will say my thing, and I get my little bit of time to say what I want. And if I start going off and say, hey, I think it was David, and I I think that. And if someone at the table really doesn't think it's David, they're not allowed to just pipe in and be like, actually, I think you're wrong, and it's not David. (laughs) And you're not allowed to talk anymore. I'm going to tell you what I think. It's This is my time to talk, so you're not supposed to really talk over other people um and the only other thing that i would say is that you can put a time limit on it Mm -hmm. so much like in um something like snake oil if you feel like some people go on a little bit longer and that's why (laughs) they always get it like if i spend two minutes talking about how great my invention is and you know that every time i talk for two minutes everyone is swayed you can say you know what we each get 30 seconds to do a pitch that's it same deal I always like the rule in snake oil where the uh, the prospect is allowed to say, okay, shut up, next person. Yes. Basically yeah, whatever I, they want. I've heard, I've heard the pitch. That's <laughs> enough. Yeah. The, uh, the fact that, it, that there is so much wait and see based on that structure is really interesting because if you take a look at the social deduction games like The Resistance that include part of this, those are very much free form, anybody can jump in at yeah. any time type situations. And people who come to Deception from that background are going to be accustomed to that. And in a lot of cases, they'll probably feel comfortable just throwing that role by the wayside and saying, no, nah, it's just going to be open. Yeah, exactly. And I think that in a sense, it um, that's, that's kind of the, the thing with this game is that it's not really open enough to the sense that people who really like an open conversation mm-hmm. are going to feel comfortable with those rules. I mm. mean, and you can throw them out the window, but at the same time, someone that likes being in control of everything right. kind of needs those rules to have some more structure. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, those rules are only going to do so much for you. So I don't think that the, I think the rules will help 
But I think most people are still going to feel like, no, just not really enough control for me. Very much so. so over my fate. Yeah, you, you kind of have to uh, add that, you know, make sure that you enforce that 30-second one-person-talks-at-a-time thing for mm-hmm. one type of player and remove it for another type, the more social, more gregarious types who want it to be a sort of an open conversation. Yeah. The fact that it's flexible, though, that way does... That is kind of a strength of the game. Yeah. The uh, the other thing is the bit about how facial expressions can give away so much. Like there are some players, like if they turn out to be the witness and the witness is in the game, it's over. Oh yeah. Because they just they can't conceal their feelings. Yeah. They're, it's it's not the kind of people they are. Which means the moment the killer notices somebody behaving that way, it's like oh well, I got this. Yeah, I know who the witness is now, yeah. And so and that's also a thing, right? It, it kind of depends on the people that you're playing with and how strong their poker faces are yes. as how comfortable they might feel playing. It's it's one of those environments too, especially when you have a group where there's one or two people mm-hmm. that are don't have a poker face and everyone mm-hmm. else has a poker face. Right. It can be very frustrating as well if those people are on your side, right? And I mean, <laughs> we're also talking about another one versus many game in a sense where, you know, there's a killer and there's everybody else. And the idea as well, uh, for some people, of it being a one versus many, I'm sure, is a huge turnoff. I know a lot of people that really don't like one versus many games. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, it usually tends to be, I find with tables, the idea of everybody ganging up on somebody sure. never really feels good for there, whatever reason. There are people for whom that's awesome. There are people for whom that is the opposite of fun. Yeah. And so it is one of those games as well. If you're looking for social deduction, but you want something where it's not, you know, us versus this one person because we're worried that so-and-so will get picked on or, you know, it always ends up being me and I hate being that person. If you have enough people, then it can help a little bit with the the accomplice Mm because the killer will know that there's at least one person at the table who's trying to help them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the the, the other thing, too, is that it's possible if, if the forensic scientist has trouble concealing their feelings yeah. that that's going to wreck it right there because all somebody has to say is gee I wonder if it's this thing and this thing watches the forensic scientist well they didn't react so I guess it obviously isn't that yeah or well they look like they're about to die of laughter so that's probably what it is yeah <laughs> there I mean there are a lot of tells I, I taught it to I've taught it to a few tables where someone was the forensic scientist and it's gone one of two ways. I mean, one of the ways that it's gone is that, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is going to be easy because so-and-so is the forensic scientist and as soon as we say anything, they're going to react. So we're going to be able to read their reactions. And then I, But then I've also had it the other way. I mean, it's that same thing in code names when you have someone that's your team leader or in Mysterium where you have a ghost and it's like, uh-oh, so-and-so is deciding to be the ghost, or it's so-and-so's turn to be the team leader. And you know that player might not be as strong with communicating with sure. the group. Sure, exactly. Um, and I've also had that where someone's been, you know, the forensic uh, investigator, and everyone goes, oh, no, <laughs> we're never going to figure it out. Because <laughs> they have trouble delivering clues in a way that's yeah. going to make the form the connections that the yeah, rest exactly. of the group needs to figure it out. It's also one of those games, too, where I think that it might you might want to adjust it in the sense where if you feel like someone's going to be a good, like, would like to do that, Mm. that is also more of a leader in conversations, it's a good place to put that person in a social deduction game. It's true. Because otherwise, what what sometimes happens is they'll rule the table and talk. Mm. And this is a game where I don't think you really want to do that as much, in my opinion. Uh, You can put them in that spot, and then, then they don't 
you don't put anyone else in the hot seat because it is a hot seat when you're the forensic investigator. It is. It's a lot of pressure. And uh, the other thing, too, is that uh, there are some people who, yeah, that's going to be well-suited for players who would otherwise mm. take over the game and make things rough for the other yeah. players. The thing is, though, that for some players, the, that, that role is going to be frustrating yeah. because of the fact that you get to do one thing at the very start of the game, <laughs> then you get to make one little change at the end of round one and one little change at the end of round two, and that is it. You yeah. are not involved whatsoever. Yeah, there are a lot that. of people that feel like uh, when they play games like that, like, wow, I have no power. Yeah, I'm just watching helplessly yeah. as this stuff is happening. Yeah, and there's nothing I can do except for these things. And that always feels like, I, I feel like to people that struggle with that, it always feels like it's not enough. You know, like if I could have just done a little bit more, mm. I would have been able to make people like get to where I need them to go. So David was telling me about uh, a variant that he heard from uh, from Eric Lang mm-hmm. about with this game, where instead of at the start of the game having the forensic scientists lay out all the clues, uh, they lay out the boards, but they only put out some of the actual bullets on the list items that are the correct ones, and then they and then they keep some of the others in their hand, and they don't actually put them down until a key moment later on. So, for example, if there's a body part section that's like hand, foot, head, you know, chest, leg, whatever, um, when somebody says, well, if they stepped in a bear trap, that would probably mean that their foot was caught, and then the forensic scientist immediately puts a bullet on foot. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, you're trying to take us down this road. It gives them more agency during the yeah. discussion. It makes them part of that conversation. Yeah, I think that's a good variant if you're the type of gamer that likes to have a little bit more control in your games. The only thing that, to me, is, uh, like, I would love to try that variant, but at the same time, the only thing that feels weird about that is this is a game where it's kind of not about that. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, you know, there is only one killer at the table, and so when people... This is one of those things, too, in social deduction games where I find when people are on a team and a killer gets away or whatever happens in any any other game that you're playing where there's one versus many, and the one person does it, like, oh, that's so, uh, oh, we didn't we didn't really have enough to do what we needed to do. And, and I feel like that fixes that for the team. But as a killer, I imagine something like that would be super frustrating. It really and would. It's you versus a whole table of people. It does it does unquestionably make it harder for the killer when yeah. the forensic scientist has more involvement in the game. Yeah. Um, this it's a delicate balancing act, really. It's uh, it, it depends on who you're playing with, it depends on what you're accustomed to. Yeah. Maybe it depends on how much experience you've had playing Deception Murder in Hong Kong. I totally think it does. I mean, I know for me, I'm usually not the best at being that one person, that spy, that right. killer, that Cylon. One of the things about Spyfall, another social deduction game mm-hmm. that, that makes it so very stressful for the spy is that they're the only one and they know they're the yeah, only and you don't one. Yeah, and you don't get a friend, you nope. know? At least in this game, you do get a friend, but it's like people, potentially. Yeah. yeah, but it's the, the idea of when you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like any a variant like that could be frustrating unless you feel like everyone at the table would be a very sneaky killer and like they're going to be able to talk their way out of most things anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right, that'll do it for this trip to Hong Kong and for this week's Snakes Cast. Amanda, thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so we can get you back next week. Uh, you can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com to say hi or if you've got topics you'd like to suggest for us. Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio. Music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we are going to talk about some ideas for how to teach games. Yes, that's right. The Game Gurus of Snakes and Lattes are going to teach you how to teach games. Sort of. Uh, The opinions expressed on the Snakes cast are those of the presenters and our guests and nobody else's. See you next week, folks. Mm
Thank you.